And when this schedule was released months ago, I think a lot of us probably thought, hey, that should be an easy win for the Patriots. Oh, that's when they're going to wear the pet, the Patriot throwbacks. What a fun autumn way to celebrate football. Well, now you got the Patriots limping in on a high ankle sprain of Mac Jones, led by the upstart, lovable fourth round rook in Bailey Zappi, a team that potentially could be galvanized by the effort they put forth against the Green Bay Packers last Sunday, going 70 minutes down to the wire against them. Up against a Detroit Lions team that is exciting, ridiculous, mind-boggling, and fascinating. They score the most points in the NFL, and they also give up the most points in the NFL. Their coach, the dude, Dan Campbell, is the ultimate hardo, and yet everybody absolutely loves him. I mean, who doesn't love a coach that does all the Oklahomas and the up-downs with all of his players out there? The team resembles him. They're all grit. Maybe not the smartest team in the NFL, but they make for a fun watch. And there's a chance they might be able to stress the Patriots in ways that even if they prepare for, they may just not have enough for. But can the Patriots also maybe have their way with that Lions team that gave up 48 points last Sunday to Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks? So let's find out. Let's get this podcast party started. Let's get the preview rolling right now. We welcome in from Detroit, 97 won the ticket. He's in the Odyssey family. He's a great writer, good guy, and he uh, loves himself from New England because he's a Connecticut native. Will Birchfield with a little Detroit Lions Honolulu Blue perspective. Pleased to be joined for the Lions preview portion of the Six Rings and Football Things Pat's Lions preview by a newcomer to the program, but he's in the family for a number of reasons. He works for Odyssey. He loves football. He's a married man. We congratulate him. He just joined that club a month ago. And his favorite beer is Narragansett. All the priorities are in order for 97-1, the tickets. Will Birchfield, otherwise known as Birchie the Kid. What's up, Will? Thanks for joining us today. Pleasure to be here, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Uh, So I think when a lot of us saw this game on the slate, we didn't think it would be as pivotal for both franchises and as potentially as exciting as I think the game is going to be on Sunday. Um, people kind of are having a love affair with the Lions because they're super exciting to watch. And they gave us one of the better, more memorable seasons on Hard Knocks recently. This team's wild. Uh, They're an absolute wild ride. They give up the most points in the NFL. (laughs) Historically, as as someone detailed, they're the worst defense maybe ever so far. And yet they score the most points. So what is the identity of this team and which which one is coming to town on Sunday, Will? Yeah, well, I'll start by saying this. Around here, this game was circled right away because Lions fans and even some guys in that locker room, only a few left, view it as the Matt Patricia revenge game. And he came here and destroyed an already destroyed franchise even further. And it's ironic that the Lions come to New England with the worst defense in the NFL because they were known for the worst defense in the NFL when Matt Patricia was here. And he's now coaching an offense that for the Lions looks right for the picking with a third-string quarterback probably playing on Sunday. But, yeah, the Lions, if nothing else, have been entertaining through four games. They have combined via their points scored and points allowed for the most points in NFL history through four games. And leave it to this team to put together a historic offense and then just kind of forget how to play defense. And they're one and three. The only team that could lead the league in points scored and yet be one and three through four games is your Detroit Lions. And they continue to boggle the mind in different ways every week. And when they lost last week, 48-45, that has to be rock bottom for this defense. And if it isn't, 
you start talking about Aaron Glenn, the coordinator, potentially on a hot seat. Uh, the the Browns are one of those teams that they're I think they're known nationally for their coach Dan Campbell because of his personality lines, his yeah. quotes the lines, yeah. the whole, excuse me uh, the lines what does he bring to that locker room and that team like what's the perception of Dan Campbell locally like do people laugh at him the emotion or do they think this is the guy that's turning the Lions around and is going to take them to where they want to go if you had asked me that four weeks ago I would have said. By and large, they believe in him as being the guy that's going to get this ship in the right direction. Four games later, with a couple coaching gaffes and questionable decisions, that faith is eroding a little bit. And we've seen a lot of coaches come in here, including your guy, Patricia, who were hailed as the guy that was going to take this team to the next level. And Dan Campbell still has a lot of momentum because he has tons of faith in that locker room and tons of trust in that locker room they these players do believe in what he is selling and and that's a really big part in building a winning culture but schematically late in games he's made some questionable calls including in week three when they had three chances late in that game against the vikings to either go for a fourth down to punt or to attempt a long field goal of a kicker who had never made a field goal of that distance before, and they missed the field goal. And, of course, the Vikings come down the field and score to win the game. So among the fan base, that faith might be slipping, but in that locker room, it's still as strong as ever. Yeah, the Lions are coming to town uh, with this reputation of being you know, messy and dynamic, of being full of grit and everything Dan Campbell talks about and <laughs> it makes him super lovable. Um, and of course he got the best of Belichick six and a half years ago in a game in Miami where Belichick's obstinance ran right into the teeth of uh, a Dan Campbell Miami team that he had fired up and motivated for the end of a kind of meaningless season. So you've got revenge game motives on all sides here, but yeah, I, I, Detroit is super banged up and, I'm wondering, do you think that that's going to compromise the way that they play in any in any respect? Because they were banged up last week, and yet somehow still were able to almost put up a 50-burger at home. Yeah, it won't compromise the way they run the ball because it hasn't so far. And, and that's the calling card of this team. Even though they're missing a Pro Bowl guard up front and, and another starting guard, and at one point we're missing an all-pro center in Frank Ragnow and are missing now DeAndre Swift, they still lead the league in yards per game, yards per carry. And, and that hasn't slipped despite the attrition up front. And that can't be stressed enough how insane it is to say. Like Bill Belichick mentioned yesterday, quote, they got that run game going in Detroit as good or better than anyone in the NFL. That hasn't been said here since Barry Sanders was the guy running the ball. The Lions are running the ball to clip like they never have before. And it's, it's scheme. It's offensive linemen stepping in and doing a great job. And, and it's finding production from guys like Jamal Williams in the absence of Swift. Defensively, they're changing things because they have to. Injuries are not. The results have been so bad that this, this past week, Campbell and Aaron Glenn took what they call a deep dive to review everything that's gone wrong with this defense, which is everything. They don't stop the run. They don't stop the pass. They don't get off the field. They don't stiffen up in the red zone. They're last in all of those categories. And a lot of that, to my mind anyways, comes from just being over-aggressive. Aaron Glenn wants his defense to be built on pressure. And they've sent as many blitzes as anyone in the NFL this season and yet rank at the bottom of the league in pressure rate. So that, that pressure just isn't getting home. And until they have guys 
like maybe Aiden Hutchinson, who can get off blocks and beat guys, they have to dial that pressure back and try and contain defenses, maybe more than trying to overwhelm them. Jared Goff's an interesting guy in that, obviously, the Rams gave up on him. And as Patriot Nation, we saw him uh, literally fall to his knees in the Super Bowl and just <laughs> sort of take a sack. And And I think yeah. the Patriots won that game in part because Goff wasn't good enough that day. Yeah. His numbers are phenomenal. But mm-hmm. what are the details of what he's been doing for that offense? Is he playing as well as his numbers? And is this a new Jared Goff? It's an old Jared Goff, really. I mean, Jared Goff in his first three seasons, first two full seasons, was a good pro bowl quarterback who had a steady pass rating around 100 and and did his job when he was surrounded by two things, weapons and a good O-line. And the details of this offense so far, go back to the summer when offensive coordinator Ben Johnson stepped in and spent hours, days with Jared Goff in this facility pouring over film from Goff's best days with the Rams to figure out what works so well for you in Sean McVay's offense. Let's implement that into ours. And a lot of that is built off the play action, which of course requires a good run game. The Lions have that. And that's allowed Jared Goff to have time and step up and find guys in the pocket. And right now he's playing like he did during those Pro Bowl years with the Rams. And a lot of it goes back to the work he and Ben Johnson put in this offseason. All right, so there are a couple of def- – even though, like you said, like they can't get off the field, can't stop the run, can't stop the pass, et cetera, but other than that, they're spectacular. Um, <laughs> other than that, how was the show, Mrs. Lincoln? How did you enjoy the game? Um, there are a couple of names that are, like, blossoming on the Lions' defense, like Aiden Hutchinson, number two overall pick. He can definitely get after it. Um, Andy and uh, I know somebody at the Patriots who kept telling us, like, who watch out for Malcolm Rodriguez. I could see him being a Bill Belichick guy. Turns out mm-hmm. he was drafted in the sixth round for you guys, and he's one of the highest-rated rookie defenders in the NFL. Yeah. And Jeff Okuda is finally coming into his own after a couple of injury-marred and less-than-stellar seasons. Are there any other defenders maybe we should have an eye on to either get picked on or to watch out for that might make a play for the Lions Sunday? I'll give you one of each. One to watch out for is defensive end Charles Harris, who is a former first-round pick who kind of flamed out in Miami and Atlanta and and came here last year and played really well. Led the team in sacks, played well enough to get a three-year deal with this team, making pretty good money. And the thought was that rushing opposite Hutchinson this year, he was going to be even better and take his game to new heights. And he's been relatively quiet now through four games. Did have a strip sack and safety in week two, but otherwise – Hasn't made much of an impact, and I still think there's more there. He showed a lot last year, playing a lot of times against double teams, and, and I think he'll break through soon. That's one guy to watch on Sunday. On the other side of things, opposite Jeff Okuda, Amani Oruwarie, say that name five times fast, has really taken a step back this year after having six interceptions last year, and it's been picked on by a lot of teams, including Adam Thielen and the Vikings when he had six flags that day, mostly for defensive holding. And as well as Akuda has played, Oruwarie's struggles have kind of negated some of that. And that's a guy that I know there aren't many passing weapons in New England right now, and obviously a limited quarterback. But if there's a guy this defense tries to target, I'd say it's probably number 24 in white. When Bill Belichick was doing his uh, Lou Holtz impression on Wednesday, as he does every week and talks <laughs> up certain aspects of the opponent, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and he, you know, he loves the fourth down and the kicking oh, game in yeah. the third. And he was all excited about Jack Fox, called mm-hmm. him a weapon. And Chris Board called him, I think, the best um, special teams player in the National Football League. Yeah. How 
are the are the Lions as good as Belichick sort of talked about it in the kicking game? Yeah, on all of a sudden in Detroit, every writer is like, who the hell is Chris Board? Like going through the <laughs> roster trying to figure out like what this guy's all about. Because all of a sudden today we're all writing stories about Chris Board because Bill Belichick, the best yep. coach of all time, calls him the best special teams player they'll see all season. And so, you know, last week, Chris Ford, so Belichick. Abused. He, he gets, he gets abused uh, on defense. He, he was liable on a number of big runs, but now we're like, wait, 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 he might be the second coming on special teams. So I can't tell you in all honesty, what things he's done that have caught Bill's eye on special teams. I don't watch the game with the same eye as Bill. I can tell you, but Jack Fox has been and continues to be a weapon punting the ball. He did throw a great 15-yard back shoulder fake punt last week that Belichick noted. But he's one of this team's best strengths. And it's funny, for all the struggles of this team historically, they always seem to have good special teams. Either a kicker like Jason Hansen or Matt Prater oh. mm-hmm. or a great punter like Jack Fox, who this offense has been so good they really haven't needed so far. But, yeah, the special teams is really good. And, and Dave Fitt, special teams coordinator, just spoke today and he was talking about how much he looks up to Bill Belichick and said, you know, I want to go fishing on that guy's boat. And we're all, we all kind of laugh, like, oh, that's, that's a cute thing. He's like, no, 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 I'm serious. I want to go fishing with Bill Belichick. So Dave Fitt was looking for an invite to Bill Belichick's boat. Oh, the old eight rings, the little, little dinghy that he parks in uh... – Nantucket that probably won't have its name changed anytime soon if we're being realistic, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, hey, listen, if we get a game as exciting as the last time these teams wore throwbacks, uh, Thanksgiving 2010, yeah. then we will be in for a show on Sunday. There should be great energy because uh, Pats fans obviously are kind of excited or want to will Bailey Zappi to a win, and they will have the Pat the Patriot throwback, so the stadium's going to be decorated. It's going to be uh, a beautiful day out there on Sunday, Will, so uh, we'd love to just get maybe a quick take and uh, how do you see it shaking up? Man, it put me on the spot. Oh man, I, when this when this game showed up on the schedule, I really liked the Lions built off of the motivation factor of playing Patricia again, and and I thought the defense would be better this year. Now I thought wrong, and I'm sure they'll make schematic changes this week, but I have a hard time putting my faith in this team right now, given how many points and yards they just gave up to Geno freaking Smith. And so we can sit here and say, oh, well, they're playing Bailey Zappi this week, and then they get Cooper Rush, and then they get Teddy Bridgewater. And it's like, well, they just got Geno Smith, and he looked like Dan Marino. So I, the long answer short, I think the Patriots win Sunday, and I think the Lions enter the bye in a crisis of confidence locally. Well, that's how they might enter the bye, and then you stuck us with Tavai, so I guess we both probably... <laughs> hey, I, meant to, I meant to ask. He's your special team star now, huh? He came up in a press conference today, too. I'm like, that's a name I didn't need to hear it anymore. No, no, and we don't need to see him anymore. On fourth and two last week, he gave up a 17-yard run, so... Uh... <laughs> yeah, well, I think Bill Belichick tricked Bob Quinn into drafting Tavai in the second round in 2018, because if he didn't, <laughs> Belichick was going to. And so, from Detroit to New England... You can have Jelani Tavai. Oh, man, I don't know if it's a, he thought like, hey, I was able to like make something out of Van Noy one day. I can do it with Tavai. Like he was gone. He's gone nope. back to that well one too many times. Andy. <laughs> Not working. Not working uh, at all. He's a member of the Baseball Writers Association of America. You can hear him and read him on 97.1 The Ticket. He covers all the Detroit sports 
at Birchie underscore kid. And the next Gansett is on us for sure. Uh, listen, Will, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thanks for uh, giving us a little bit of the Detroit preview. And uh, have, a, have a great game on Sunday. And uh, we look forward to talking to you down the line, my guy. You got it. Cheers, neighbor.